You're listening to the Living Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Toks Aroture. This is episode 35. Thank you for tuning in to the Living Inside Out podcast, where we are about to get inspired by our future. Episode 35 is Starting Over Life After Setbacks. Hey, how are you doing? I hope you have had a great week, or at the very least, a so so week. It's been quite interesting for me. I've been back at work now for two full weeks. So it's been two weeks since we reopened following the end of the lockdown for the retail sector, well, the non-essential shops. And so work-wise, it's been quite interesting. It's been nice getting back into um, our space, which has been refurbished over the last few months. So it's a very warm, comforting, plush space that just really engages the senses. So the space is quite a skinny space. (laughs) I would call it a long space, not too skinny, but it's long. Long means that it's a bit of a challenge or it has been a bit of a challenge presenting our nursery rooms as rooms. And my pet peeve is walking into um, a shop that is a lifestyle business or a lifestyle brand and you cannot imagine your lifestyle in it because all you have a, you know, little bits of piece, bits and pieces here and there, and then you're left to use your imagination to try and make it work for you. So perfect example, IKEA, they're really good at helping you, the customer, visualize what it will be like having their, their furniture in your home. And so when you get in there, they've got the whole room set or they've got the sitting room set and and it just feels really cozy. I used to spend a ridiculous amount of time in IKEA in my early days, <laughs> early as in newly married and having my first home. I was always there and I would even brag about knowing an IKEA piece without seeing the tag on it. It's quite sad, really. And so... We've refurbished our shop and we've we've added in a shelf. And what's so interesting is we've broken up the space so that it no longer looks like one long corridor, but now it looks like rooms, like you can see sections and it's just got such a much more interesting appeal to it, all because we've broken up the space. And for people who were familiar with what it looked like previously, they come in and they say, oh my gosh, it's so much bigger and it's so much more spacious. And it's interesting how you can add things to a space or to a room or even to a situation which is supposed to take up space and really it creates the illusion of space. So yeah, (laughs) don't believe everything you see. But I love what I do and I really do feel blessed to work in the interior space and particularly with baby and children's interiors. I feel really blessed because I can live vicariously through our customers because <laughs> I'm not having any more babies, but I get to help them design their own spaces. I hope you enjoyed and were I hope you were blessed by the last series on fear, which I personally found very fascinating. I hope you did as well. And now we're going to be talking about future mindedness. Now, I'm taking you on a journey with me. This entire podcast 
is a journey <laughs> because I have been teaching you or sharing with you the lessons that I've been learning almost in real time. I say almost because I wouldn't share something that I'm not 100% certain about or I haven't finished learning. So you might be a little, you know, a few weeks or so behind me, but we're all kind of growing and learning together. And if this is your first time listening, welcome, <laughs> welcome. I'm honored that you've chosen to spend about 30 minutes with me. It also means that you may not know much about me, even though I've been rambling for the first few minutes. You may not know why I podcast and what exactly it is I talk about. So here's a very brief history of the points that do matter. I have run my own business for about 12 years now, and through it, I've learned life and business lessons, which I just delight in sharing here on my podcast or on social media or in person. I also speak publicly to audiences, mostly female audiences and mostly business audiences as well, as well as faith-based. And I do that because I believe that experience is the best teacher. And since we are not going to be on earth long enough to go through every single scenario, I might as well share mine and you might as well share yours so I can learn. That way we learn from each other. And if the lessons that I share save you from making the mistakes that I've made, or better still, propel you further into your purpose, then my work is done. All done. <laughs> 12 years ago, I lost my business, really everything we had. And it's detailed in episode one, which is titled A Perfect Storm. The storm was perfect because anything that could go wrong went wrong as it related to our possessions and our material things. The life we lived before the storm was blissful. And the storm came and took away everything, all of our bliss, <laughs> well, all our material bliss, leaving us with the most important things, which was our relationships with each other and our relationships with our friends who were there for us. If you hear me mention Susie anywhere in this podcast from episodes one to 3057 or however long this is going to, this is going to go on for, know that she holds a special place in our family. And so I proceeded to build a new business with sweat and tears and a bit of hope in my heart. And today we produce the most beautiful luxury furniture brand for babies in the United Kingdom. The space between where I was then and where I stand today was rocky and is still rocky. <laughs> I stumble on rocks. As a matter of fact, I'm on a very rocky patch right now. So that's pretty much my story. I'm married and I've got four sons, amazing boys, wonderful husband, and um, a business that teaches me lessons, like whips lessons into me regularly. So the podcast episodes are mostly standalone ones, but a few of them are series, like the one on fear, which we've just completed or the one on toxic friendships. Actually, it's just on friendships. One of the episodes was toxic friendships, but it's one of the most listened to one. Often I will share what I'm currently learning or what I have just learned. And as a Christian, I make frequent references to the Holy Bible, but you'd also hear me refer to the alchemist, Michelle Obama and Oprah, because they are good people and good stuff. So that's the background. 
Now let's get into today's topic on starting over life after setbacks. And it could be one major setback or it could be a series of setbacks. I think this is important because I noticed over a period of time that my past achievements had become the goal for my future success. When we lost everything, our aim became getting us back to where we used to be because things were so tough physically and emotionally. Well, spiritually too, because I couldn't understand how a loving father would let us lose everything while watching us quietly. Because love is about giving, right? (laughs) And preventing calamity. My limited understanding expected God to show me his love and power by preventing hardship in my life, when really he's already done that by sending his son Jesus to die for us. So I found myself with one single goal, which was get back our old life. In reality, that was, I wouldn't even call it a goal. It was a ceiling. It was limiting. And I'll tell you why and how I came away from that mindset. I want to share over the next few episodes what it means to be future-minded. In episode 34, which is the previous one, we looked at fighting for your dream even when it's dead or even after you have quit. And this is not to say one should go back in time to attempt to resurrect something that's already done and dusted. Rather, it means that if you find that a particular dream or a finished picture of your future refuses to leave you alone, even if you've tried and failed and tried and failed, you need to keep trying. (laughs) You need to try again. Don't give up. What was it that Winston Churchill said? Never give in. And his exact words were, never give in. Never, 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 never. In nothing great or small, large or petty. Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. They're like six nevers or seven nevers in that statement alone. Now, it's not because Winston Churchill said those words that I believe them. Rather, we can tell the conviction and the certainty with which he said it. And there are some words that carry that strong conviction of the author. And you know he's not just trying to inspire you or make you feel good or make you feel better. He's merely sharing what he knows to be true. Often people like that will stake their lives on their words because they have lived it. They've experienced it. And so there was a season where I began to take note of phrases that had become cliche because I just figured you know what, if it's been said so frequently by seemingly successful people or people who seem to have their life together or they've discovered their purpose, there must be some truth to it. Even though we throw such things around, such phrases and quotes around, like we don't really recognize its value. At the time I was working towards my previous life, what I was really doing was walking backwards. I wasn't going forward. One day I cried out, Lord, I'm not asking for much. I'm simply asking that you take us back to where we used to be. And God probably told me, I'm not taking you back. I'm leading you forward. 
And I'm sure you'll agree that going forward isn't always an enjoyable experience. For one, you might be advancing in God's eyes, but where it matters to you here on earth, you may appear stagnant. Man uses physical measuring tools to analyze growth and progress. And we look for signs of wealth, you know, a nice big house, a more expensive car, designer clothes and the likes, because the world shares the same standards of measurements, generally not everyone, but it's very easy to go with the flow. And this can show up in the form of comparison. I did that the other day and caught myself just in time because old habits die hard. It may sound like, why has that company been around uh, for just a short period of time and yet they've grown so quickly and they have more followers than I do? Or how come she's married with the child when I haven't even met my future husband or wife? Uh, How was she able to lose all that weight and I haven't been able to? You know, there is always that one mindset that will keep you tethered to the same spot forever. And that mindset is living in the past. It is such a subtle practice. Unless you decide to work on it, you won't even realize that you're doing it. Because you get a sense of pleasure from recalling and relieving the good old days. And whoever came up with that phrase did so because the past often feels better than the present. Most of us live in our feelings. We allow our emotions to drive our decisions and also to set the thermostat for our lives. And the mind has a knack for recalling optimistic emotions or positive emotions, which we then associate with specific scenarios. And, you know, because emotions are transient and they change, it's not and will never be a reliable measure of progress or stagnancy in your life. The mind also plays the comparison game. It takes your current unsatisfactory state of being, along with the emotions of regret or disappointment or whatever it is you're currently experiencing, and then it stacks it up against past scenarios where the emotions were positive or even if the scenarios were difficult at the time, well, the emotions have since dissipated. So you, you're not really comparing like for like. You're not comparing, uh, you know, s- one situation for another. Sometimes we're comparing a negative emotion with a neutral or a positive scenario. If you've ever had and lost, whether it's a relationship or finances or business or your career, what have you, it is tempting to work towards your previous accomplishment, thinking it was all that. And I'm not saying that it wasn't all that or that some of the situations that we lost in the past or have failed in have not been great ones. I'm just saying, don't draw conclusions on life circumstances based on how you feel about it. Just because you can't see the fruit does not mean the roots are not growing. So I find that What we are really trying to recreate is not the previous situation, but the emotion that the past circumstance came with. The period that you choose to refer to may have been a joyful one, but it doesn't mean that it was pure joy and there were no disappointments. 
And you may have been blossoming on the outside or blooming on the outside, but on the inside, other stuff could have been going on. If only I could go back in time. Well, that is the cry for help for someone who is not ready to propel forward. If you keep looking back and thinking about the good old days, quote unquote, and believing that your best days are behind you, you're always going to sabotage any effort to move forward. You wouldn't even realize you're doing it. When we go through a turmoil, it is natural to crave the peace that we're familiar with, which always lies in the past. But don't crave the past. <laughs> Language such as if only or back in the day or the good old days, when spoken with regret, not with nostalgia, they need to be removed from your vocabulary because they encourage a limiting mindset. God's plans for you are an improvement on whatever it is you've known in the past. He moves his children from glory to glory and our paths shine brighter and brighter every day. Not that it shines like it used to shine, but it gets better, it gets brighter. And this speaks about journeying further and not going backwards. Indra Nui of PepsiCo, the former CEO of PepsiCo, famously turned down a promotion that would have skyrocketed her beyond where she was at the time, but she knew where she was headed. She wanted to become its first female CEO. The promotion she was being offered would have taken her in uh, a different direction. It would have taken her far, but not on that path. It would have taken her off the path that led to CEO. So your setback isn't necessarily a lapse in the race. Be future-minded in your attitude. Believe that each day you're advancing, even when it doesn't look like it is on the surface. You have to believe that your path is shining brighter. So I'm going to leave you with three practical tips on being future-minded, or at least starting to live in a future-minded space. Number one, write your rock star story. One of my all-time favorites is a practice that I adopted at a time when I was ashamed of my story. We've all got our story. It isn't always pretty. Self-preservation makes us shy away from vulnerability, and I get that. You want to be able to hold your head up high even when there's nothing to keep it staying up. And you don't want to share your story because it will confirm what you've always feared that you have failed or that you really are in a hopeless situation. And so you avoid that. That's what I did. And it's also what many of the women that I've worked with or spoken to, that's also what they've done with or without knowing about it. You layer your shame, quote unquote, or your failure with activities that lift you up and make you feel better or make you feel that you're doing well, or you choose situations or scenarios or job roles that would attract accolades and recognition. And that acts as a salve over the pain that you haven't dealt with. It's just like putting plaster over a wound that has not been treated or a wound that's festering. Our emotions drive our actions. We are driven by joy or pain. There's an episode called Joy or Pain. 
And our questions are always, will this choice bring me joy or will it bring me pain? Should I run towards the joy or run away from the pain? And then we rearrange our lives to steer us away from anything that's uncomfortable. Don't be afraid to look at the full picture of your life, at least as far as you can see now, because your story is part of the tapestry that forms the complete and beautiful picture. We're currently having a new cot designed and produced at the baby cot shop. It's already been designed, it's been produced, and I can't wait to see it. The day I chose the fabric, I couldn't quite make out the pattern. So we use mostly plain fabrics for our upholstery, but you know, patterns are allowed as well. I wanted something that had a tiny bit of pattern in it, just some texture actually is what I was looking for. So I'd found this fabric online and although it was labeled aqua, all I could see was gold. And then I realized that my mouse had kind of zoomed in and selected a part of it that had gold threads embossed into parts of the fabric. So I zoomed out again and this time I could see that hey, it's aqua with a tiny bit of gold in it. When you zoom in on a certain portion of your life, it may look different to what you were hoping for. But if you take a step back and examine the story on paper, you'll find that there's a cadence to the sound of your life. If you haven't listened to episode two, do so. It's titled The Rockstar Story. And by popular demand, I will be running a workshop on writing your rock star story. Let me know in the comments box or send me a DM on social media or send an email if you'd like to know more once the details have been hashed out. And your rock star story tells the truth of your life from the viewpoint of a victor and not that of a victim. Number two, create a vision board. I seem to say this in every other episode, and that's because I know it works. A vision board is a pictorial representation of the future that you have imagined. And the pictures that you choose to go onto the board should not come from a place of fear, which is an emotion that's passing. It should come from a deeper place, from your imagination, which is found in your spirit and your spirit, which is one with God. These pictures are generated over time through our gifts and talents, our proclivities, our yearnings, you know, that dream that just will not let you go. <laughs> the one that has stayed with you through the fire, through the storm. It has practically climbed seven mountains and swam seven seas with you. And it just keeps holding on for dear life. That vision, put that on the board. Your mind is not designed to hold pictures. It is meant to receive a picture from your spirit and then process that picture, process the image, and like a 3D printer, uh, produce it in its physical, tangible form. And my third tip is to watch your words. Really, it's watching your environment. Create a space that's conducive for your dreams to thrive. And this means that the source of your thoughts need to be policed because your thoughts are the seeds of your words and your words are the seeds of your actions and your actions create the life that you have. It's really that simple. So besides speaking positive affirmations and confessing the right scriptures and so on and so forth, you really have got to watch the words that people are saying to you. 
Now, I remember years ago, you'd hear, you know, and even now you still hear people say, no, 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 that's not me. I reject that when somebody says something um, unsavory to them. Well, rejecting it, it's already gone into your mind, you see. I'm not saying that you shouldn't reject words, but you should make sure you place yourself in a healthy environment where those words are not even being said in the first place. You've probably heard me talk about, um, if you've listened to most of these episodes or some of these podcast episodes, you've probably heard me talk about um, watching the people that I speak to based on what I'm going through in that moment. So if I'm having a rough day or a challenging season, there are people whose phone calls I will not answer because they are wired to deliver uh, fear. They're not really going to help me. They may just stoke the fear or confirm the fears and I'm not looking for that. And, and, and in the same way, there are people that I will call when I am going through a rough patch because they'll set me straight. My friends, the people I have in my life, I'm really blessed by every single woman in my life. They all play a unique role. They have a knack or different gifts and abilities, all of them. But I have friends who just have a knack for zooming out, you know, helping me zoom out. Like they pull me away from my own life and say, look, look at how great this is going. Look at what matters. Do you think that really matters? And they set me straight. So make sure that your environment is populated with sensible people, people with wisdom, people who will speak life. Make sure that the TV station you love to watch or you live on regularly is not spewing out garbage. Um, while it is tempting to, uh, you know, tune into gossip, salacious gossip and news and all of that stuff, it's very tempting. It's pleasurable, actually, to the flesh. It may not, not may, <laughs> it will not bode well for your mind. Question. What does being future-minded mean to you? I'd love to get some feedback from you. And that will kind of help me work towards the next few episodes. So send me a note, a email, DM, whatever, and, and tell me about it. And also let me know if you'd like more information on the Rockstar Story Workshop, which is coming soon. So excited. Now, it was my birthday on the 18th of April, which was a Sunday. And I had the shock of my life as my sister, friend, ride or die. We're not dying, we're riding. Ride and ride for the chick, <laughs> Susie. And my husband pulled together a real surprise for me. And I'm not going to go into details about what that was, but I, let's just say that I was beyond surprised. I was shocked. I was blessed. All the people that I need to have in my life, I think I have them now. I think so, because, you know, that day was just so blessed with the people that matter to me. And so I'm just saying a big shout out and a thank you. They made me feel special. It's not a landmark birthday, but it was just made to look like it was a landmark birthday. It was amazing. And then my other friend, Titi, just went and shocked the living daylight out of me when I walked in from work on Tuesday to find the largest hamper I've ever seen in my entire life of amazing Nigerian food. We're talking jollof rice and fried rice and eforiro and all kinds of meats and small chops and prosecco 
and, you know, chocolates and crisps. And it was just humongous. It was half the size of my kitchen. It was the most delicious food. It was really, really good. So I want to share the name of the caterer. It's uh, called Laraba Catering and she prepares hampers so you can actually order a hamper from her. She serves London and the greater um, counties, I believe, or the surrounding counties, but you can order a hamper of food for someone you love and it's beautifully delivered. Even came with a personalized balloon that said happy birthday to us. I mean, come on people. Beautifully wrapped, amazing food, great service. I am one blessed woman, seriously, to have had that delivered to me. So thank you so much, Titi. I don't think I deserve any of this from any of my friends, but I just feel so blessed. <laughs> so say thank you to them for me. And if you haven't subscribed or reviewed the Living Inside Out podcast, please do so on the Apple podcast app or wherever it is you're listening. Thank you so much for riding with me for 28 minutes and 55 seconds. <laughs> and I look forward to connecting with you on social. And in the meantime, remember to leave from the inside out. <laughs>